I'm joined by the data daddy, A.K.H.G. Maxime. He goes by many names. What's the worst name you've ever been called? Uh, well, that's a tough one. Uh, I wasn't prepared for that. Um, so because, you know, my last name is a bit difficult to pronounce. So it's Agen Bourget. You say it in French. Agen Bourget. Yeah. Nice one. And oui, so, oui. oui, oui. Baguette, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and a lot of people just say hamburger. Uh, like, um, oh. a bit like uh, frustrating. But I mean, Were you overweight okay. when you were a kid? No. No. It would have been really bad if you were, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would have been really sad. Probably. I never thought about that, yeah. but yeah, probably. I'm happy my second name isn't Hagen Bourget because I'd just be bullied <laughs> all. I'd still be getting bullied about that, like John Hamburger. like. But um, anyway, Hissy, look, it's a pleasure having you here. You came in last minute. The guest I was meant to have um, isn't here anymore, I suppose I could say. I, didn't, I wasn't going to open with this, but we're here now. I had Ryan Spoon scheduled for this week. Uh, in earlier podcasts, I'd alluded to the fact that there were um, there was a so rare team member coming on soon, and I think it was to kind of hype up basketball and talk about that. But he stepped back from his role as a COO, wasn't it? Yeah. So he's no That's longer correct. coming here now. What's your take on that? What do you think happened? All speculation, of course. Yeah, but I guess like probably. Uh, they had like an organization in mind when uh, they onboarded Ryan, but uh, they didn't like uh, succeed at delivering it correctly. And so I guess that's why they're parting ways today. So, well, last week. So I guess, I mean, for a company that has grown so much in the last, uh, so they're like 170 employees now. I mean, that makes sense to do some organizational mistakes at the beginning. And to restructure at some point in time, and I think like it's it's pretty healthy to know when something is not working and to take actions. So I guess I guess that's uh, that's a pretty good sign to see that uh, they're taking action when they see something is not going so well. But uh, I guess like Ryan has a, a very strong uh, background uh, in fantasy sports, etc. So I guess it was just only a matter of like making things work and. We can also attribute to Ryan like the launch of uh, MLB, but especially uh, NBA, which seems to be a, a good success for now. So I guess he helped them a lot, but uh, probably they didn't find like the right groove or maybe the right rhythm mm. to to go further together. Yeah, I think initially it's it, it's it's nice and refreshing actually to hear you being so positive about it because I think my gut and I think a lot of people go straight to skepticism and go straight to like. Ah, it's garden leave. It isn't working out. Something's not right. He's gone. Oh, advisory role, my bollocks. Something's wrong. Something's gone wrong. When really, as you say, it could just be a case of, you know, they've multiplied in size since he came on. Maybe you need to take it at face value. Maybe a restructure was due. Maybe he wasn't the best fit for that position. Maybe that position shouldn't exist in the way SoRare's been built. Yeah. And it is good that action's been taken Um, if it wasn't working. So I suppose there is a positive. And so to me, like a company that is uh, 170 people and that is like four years old, if people don't leave from the company, something is wrong. So I yeah. guess that I welcome that as a good sign that, yeah, people come, people go. Um, you just need to find the right structure for your company. And I mean, like, um, I found the announcement pretty, well, pretty good. And uh, yeah, I, I was not really... Uh, like, I'm not negative about that. I mean, 
I feel like also being in different companies with different uh, contexts, I know that uh, there are way more than the public just can see. And um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm positive. I, I'm looking forward to see if they um, name a replacement and, and who is going to be. Um, but if they don't, it's probably like because like the position wasn't meant to be. I wonder, was that the pen that Nicholas um, tweeted, you know, signing his... Um... Maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'm just laughing here thinking of um, the SoRare Data employees at home. Big Data Daddy's here saying hiring and firing is all part of it. I hope. Yeah. I wonder, like, whenever it comes to restructuring SoRare Data when you grow so much, maybe you can finally get rid of Laird. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, but... <clears throat> I've told I've told different of my employees that um, I'm pretty. Also, it's a bit of of subject, but let's say that um, when you grow so much and you have like people that are uh, the basis of your company, let's say they raise like six hundred and eighty millions, uh, and there were only seventeen employees. So just like think about that. It's it's, it's completely mad. So you have a, you have seventy people, seventeen people that like are the core of your company and then you add to those people 150 other people that come from different contexts background most don't play soria and so the most difficult thing to me is that how do you make sure that the knowledge of the, of your core people uh, propagates to everyone and how do, how do you make sure that those people don't get frustrated to see new people coming at management position while they don't have the knowledge yet Mm. And so that's why I'm like, it's like, it's such a big challenge and, and you don't have like a, a one answer to the, to that challenge. And obviously you will make mistakes when trying to resolve that challenge. But I mean, I think it's normal in a company that some people like that were at the beginning just leave because they don't fit to the new context and don't fit mm. to the new organization. For myself, for example, I know that I'm a founder and I know to do things fast not necessarily perfectly but fast and but also i'm conscious i'm conscious that i'm probably not fit today for like leading a company of of a thousand people um it's 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 a totally different story a totally different way of thinking and and so you have also to be uh, self-aware that uh, uh, you might have created a great product and stuff like that but uh, at some point in time it's also uh, time to step back and say oh i can't do this anymore i should do something else mm. and so they, they 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 added like 150 people in a year that's that's completely mad and also in new york so you have two different offices how do you make sure uh, mm. the paris office and the new york office uh, communicate well it's it's so difficult so yeah. i mean we will see more of that i'm pretty sure and that's okay i wonder is it harder now as well with so many people working from home where people aren't necessarily rubbing shoulders day in, day out, seeing what's going on in the offices, again, kind of cultivating that culture or, or learning those things um, that, you know, the little, I don't even know those things that necessarily aren't in the handbook or aren't in the meeting every week or aren't in the this, those those um, coffee conversations or the water cooler conversations. Because I, I visited the So Rare office in Paris when I was over there in the Monday and there was about, of I don't know how many employees actually work in the Paris office, but huge office. I think it was about seven people in there. Max. I mean max. It was empty. Now, apparently Monday's a day that a lot of them don't come into the office. Um, 
So I, I don't think that's like a, a good reflection of the whole week. But mm. I just when I think about that and I think about other companies, like my, my girlfriend works for a brother's company in Berlin. We work, we're living in Ireland. And when she goes over there, you know, these are two big class, like really modern offices for, I don't know, you could probably get 40 people working across them and there might be four, seven. And I just wonder, like, whenever you're trying to grow something, again, we're way off topic. This isn't necessarily so rare. It's just very hard maybe to, like, like these guys aren't allowed to these guys and girls aren't allowed to play so rare they're coming into the world of so rare to develop a game primarily when they've yep. never played the game and they're not even the presence of people who are playing the game or talking about the game day in day out they're probably talking about their very specific role in marketing their very specific role in managing partnerships with clubs or engineering yep. or whatever it is so it's a very yeah it's maybe. A, no but it's it's no but it's off topic, but it's very important also to talk about it about it because like Sora isn't just a game; it's also a company with a lot of people, and and you'd have to understand the context before like just shouting and say, "Hey guys, you aren't de- delivering what you sh- what you're supposed to," and understanding that it's also important to to have like a, a correct reflection, let's say. But yeah, I mean, I know that uh, at the beginning. When they hired so many people, they relocated people from Europe to Paris, mm. and I don't, I don't know if they're still doing that. But uh, your experience shows that apparently they are a bit more flexible on remote work, while they weren't very much flexible even during COVID. I, I remember going to their offices and like uh, seeing the the office being full, even during COVID times and and a lot of COVID regulations. Um, so maybe they changed uh, their like their uh, mind on that, and also it takes time to adapt and to make sure that yeah people understand what what's going on, and uh, understand the game and all the the complexities around it. Because it's simple for us to say, hey, you don't understand the game. That's not normal. But we've been playing it uh, daily for like three years, um, and we've been producing content or stuff like that on it. So. I can't really say how oh, hard it is for someone to come on Sora today and to understand what's going on. Mm. We're going to get on to that, I think, a bit later. Um, whatever our opinions are on things, there's definitely in the, the wake of these calendars being announced. We're recording this a day before this goes out, so on Thursday. Um, and there seems to be a bit of uproar now. I put out a comment, just send thoughts with a retweet. So we're going to read through those. I have no idea what they say, and I don't want to read them till we get there. I'm interested to see what the sentiment in the community is, HG. But before that, very exciting announcement. We have a new sponsor on the show. Do you want to announce That's them or will me. I? It's you. <laughs> the So Far So Rare podcast is now sponsored by So Rare Data, and I'm an ambassador of So Rare Data, and I'm going to sell it to you basically every single week because i believe in it and if you've listened to this podcast or watched this youtube channel you know that it's literally a match made in heaven because something i and this is god's honest truth something that i've always kind of thought or tried to do through all the content i've made is there's nothing better than selling something you believe in and when people can genuinely believe that you believe in it because you've shouted about it for free for two years it's a match made in heaven because they know I'm being legit and not salesy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like I've used so rare data for so much and so much content, referenced it so many times referenced it so many times on this podcast. Now I'm an ambassador and if people do decide to sign up to so rare data, they can get two weeks free at the top package. It's star, isn't it? 
you get two yeah. weeks free at Star or you'll get three days um, free at Pro. And you might say, but why? Because Data Daddy here wants you to try all the features, not some of the features. So you get two weeks free at the top tier and only three days free at the second tier down. So go and give it a crack. Use the link in the description or use John Nellis, my name, as your referral code. And I'm going to get paid by Data Daddy. Um, so go and give it a crack. And if you decide to upgrade a membership, you can plug my name in too. But yes, here's to you. A wonderful partnership. A wonderful a wonderful ambassadorship. And you're launching a few this week. So <clears throat> we're adding also two French ambassadors. So Fields and the Noob, two are, um, people I interact a lot with, but also that are producing great content. Um and I've been there for quite some time. Um, adding to that, we'll also be launching, um, let's say, before the end of the year, an affiliate program, so we can have like people like getting paid um, on a percentage when they bring people to the platform um, for paid memberships. Um, it's time also for us, like I, I think it's the right time for us to actually like try to give back to the community and like to encourage people that are using the website like to also sell our product. Uh, uh, as well and to get paid for that i mean that that makes a lot of sense we are very grateful for everyone like producing content with our data and we feel it's the right way to actually like um, make sure the content creators uh, um, can get something out of it um, so yeah we will we, we'll be deploying that uh, fairly soon but uh, obviously we want to give the priority to our ambassadors we'll also be targeting other communities um, to have other ambassadors in different languages but yeah, it, it feels like uh, the right start to start with you and in, two French uh, uh, content creators because yeah, you you kind of we have to say it you are like the the flagship of like um, English Sorare content. So uh, I I've seen a, a tweet and 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 that made people uh, smile at the at the office at the virtual office saying how many people have turned down uh, Sorare's data offer before uh, data's offer before. Um, <laughs> proposing actually to join, oh, yeah, and that? and the, the honest answer, answer is uh, none because like um, uh, we we went to three people and those three people accepted and we are very happy about that. That was so rare. Beware of frog. How many potential ambassadors turned down your offer before you had to ask John? <laughs> you motherfucker! Um, but yeah, no, very very happy. It was buzzing. Um, we chatted about it over beer and pizza in Paris. Um, which I don't know if I've talked about that in the podcast. Maybe I did, so I won't dwell on it. But I think there's. I was thinking whenever I announced it, like a perfect video might have been almost the assists we had for each other because there was a couple of yeah. goals. I was like teaming up again. Um, yeah, and I got nutmegged that night uh, absolutely savagely. But I think it's incredible we have there. Did you play this week or are you playing this week? Yeah, I'm playing tonight, yeah. Oh, class. I wish I had that here. I wish we had that here. But anyway, um, that's the story. So you'll be hearing a lot more about So Rare Data um, on this YouTube channel or on this podcast if you're listening. Um, and again, there's a link in the description if you ever decide to give it a crack. All right, HG. Something else I'll throw at you quickly before we get on to the calendars and questions from people. Basketball's out. Now, I know you were obviously very excited personally for baseball because you're a baseball fan. Yeah. Do you like your basketball? No, so yeah, I, I do. I need to find a team to support and because I, I work that way. If I don't have a team to support, I don't really get involved. Um, my, my, my initial thought would be going for the Dallas Mavericks uh, because I've bought Doncic as my first rare. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, that's a great launch. You, you just watch the, uh, see, uh, look, take a look at the numbers and they look pretty cool for a launch. Um, I guess the challenge will be now um, onboarding more people. And uh, I guess the whole problem still resides in uh, getting ETH to actually uh, pay for um, pay for your card. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's pretty encouraging. Like, I mean, they they get they've got numbers that match like MLB uh, as as like the numbers they had at the end of the MLB regular season. So three months after the launch. Um, so yeah, I like that, and will be we have hired like um, a product designer de de dedicated to NBA, and we have hired also a product owner for NBA. So we're investing a lot uh, on NBA, and so we have released today like the lineup builder for NBA, um, and we have released a lot more um, like the past two weeks, and we will release a lot more uh, going further. Um, And like I, I've heard some people saying, probably NBA could be bigger than football, and uh, it's still like hard for me to believe that. But there might be a chance that uh, NBA becomes the most popular sport on so uh, in in a year time. How is that possible? Whenever football is global and NBA is global to an extent, but it's not really the same. Do you know what I mean? Like, whenever you look at, like, the most followed athletes in the world, Ronaldo is, like, the most followed mm. person on Instagram in the whole world. And then you go and look at American sports and, like, even, like, C-list footballers dwarf the likes of Tom Brady or maybe not quite LeBron James. I think he's probably top five, top ten. But my point is, like, is it really the same? Is there really the same amount of potential fans or is it not necessarily about the potential fans? Is it about the, the NFT wallets and the money? No, no. to me, it's uh, a, a cultural thing. I mean, so a lot of NBA basketball uh, or NBA fans, sorry, play already fantasy basketball. And to me, um, like fantasy football or fantasy soccer is not uh, as popular as uh, for football fans that uh, uh, fantasy basketball is for basketball fans. So, I mean... The, the time you have to spend on educating people on fantasy football is not the time that you have to spend to educate people on fantasy basketball. Mm. And obviously in the US, like, so <laughs> I don't have the, the accurate numbers, but I guess like the number of people that play uh, fantasy sports in the US and on NBA is way more than 150K. Uh, and also we are at like, Right now, at uh, 150 or let's say 160k owners mm -hmm. of uh, a football card, so I guess it's not very difficult to beat that number. But there's, I suppose, in FPL alone, never mind La Liga, the French, and the German fantasy games, like the FPL has over 10 million players this year for the first y time. Yes, but it's a totally free game while yeah. fantasy games probably are more like they are regulated in the US so they are more used to actually spend uh, uh, dollars to actually play it a lot of people play also f free fantasy uh, basketball but I mean like I feel like at least in France like the, the people are not very much educated like the word fantasy sports isn't like there, there's no translation for that so that's that's the first sign mm. and you would just like use the name of the the popular game which is mpg that has been bought by the the french league like a week ago 
um, to talk about fantasy sport. So that's that's like how uh, badly educated we are on the subject. And there's no regulation for fantasy sports in France, or very basic and, and not very, uh, um, let's say, open. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess like people like that uh, Love and already play uh, uh, fantasy sports and fantasy basketball. So it's uh, a bit easier to do it. Mm. There's... <sighs> There's so much to talk about here in these calendars. I'm wondering should we get stuck into it? Um, <laughs> because you've made me think about it there, mentioning the free-to-play. There's this Global Cup coming. And in this so rare calendar, they mention um, the international special. And they say something here where... Or is it the Global Star... The Global Cup. I'll read this first, right? Just talking about free. Um... And then we'll go on to the different points. But just to move on to this, the free-to-play aspect of like FPL and the fact that that's different maybe from the, the fantasy landscape in America. What about the Global Cup 2022? Ten days ago, we shared a teaser for the Global Cup, and now we're excited to reveal just a little more. In this new tournament, managers will exclusively play with a new type of common card. Each game week, managers will compete for prizes, but that's all we're saying for now. Keep your eyes peeled for a separate blog that reveals everything you need to know about the Global Cup. Get ready to spread the word. Own your world. Now, I'm no rocket scientist, HG, but what I'm going to speculate on is that they have international teams, they have national teams, and they're going to have national team cards, and it'll be a new type of common card, meaning national team common cards exclusively for this tournament does that sound like a fair guess do you think that sounds like fair speculation it's based on what you read it it might not it, it sounds correct it sounds fair it sounds fair we know they've got some national teams in their in their up their sleeve already they haven't communicated anything further about these. They haven't got us excited about France or Spain or Germany or whatever. They've got France, Germany, and Argentina, is it? I feel, speculating, if they didn't have other nationalities and if they were just stuck with what they'd got, they might be starting to get us a little bit excited about them again or mentioning them again or something. But I feel the fact that they haven't even mentioned them implies to me that they might have more. The fact that they've got a new type of common card altogether makes me think they've got more and I think it would be a pretty shit game if it was a World Cup game that was free to play using licensed products that didn't have England that didn't have Spain that didn't have Brazil like why would anyone come and play that game instead of going and playing some other free to play jackpot type game which doesn't have official licenses and you can just pick any player do you know what I mean so to me they have to go that route now, maybe, just maybe, sorry, I'm going off on one here. I don't know the ins and outs of licensing. But maybe the fact that these are a new type of common card, maybe it could be exclusively common and free to play for these because maybe you need a different type of license to sell NFTs. Whereas maybe they've just got like a fantasy license and they're going to have a fantasy World Cup game for free using so5 to get people hooked on the gameplay but you can't actually buy the english national team cards but they're a free-to-play version in common or some malarkey that sounds confusing though because what if there's harry kane cards on the platform in common but not at limited i've went off on one but i don't know hc what do you think well um i mean 
I won't go further that what you said. I mean, that, that I guess that these are fair guesses and, and not too much of speculation based on what they said. But um, my... Uh, my follow-up would be, would that be a game that would excite you for the World Cup? It would excite me as a content creator and someone who plays so rare very long term. Because I feel like a free-to-play version to try and hit the masses. If they actively try and market to the FPL crowd or the fantasy playing crowd and get them on so rare with so rare accounts so that they're essentially hot leads or warm leads going forward where they'll be much easier to convert into paid users yes that excites me but does it excite me as a player who already plays so rare no I couldn't give a shit because it's free to play unless like the winner of it gets a trip to the world cup but even then there's going to be 100,000 people playing it the chances are so <clears> slim <throat> stick that on, so, yeah. on a the global cup with paid cards or something no so when, uh, one thing that is to me pretty certain is that they don't have like um, a world cup uh, licensing otherwise deal otherwise they'd call it the world cup as opposed to the global cup uh, exactly so I think like any type of rewards linked directly to this world cup um, doesn't make sense to me but uh, I, I, I could be wrong on that but yeah, I mean, what, what I don't really like about your uh, yeah um, ideas, let's say, or your speculation, uh, is why would you introduce commons uh, that are not playable after the competition? It it it's, it my it would be my uh, first problem, I guess. Like, so as a player, as a player with rares and super rares, but limited also. I don't really care about a free-to-play game. That's that's for sure. But I also care about like them trying to get all, um, other people to play the game. So, I mean, if they dedicate efforts on a, play to, on a free-to-play game, that brings a lot of users. That makes sense to me. But, uh, I mean, it, it, it has to be pretty simple and pretty similar to what we do uh, for SO5 uh, today. I mean, if they do something that... Let's say they give you common cards that are not usable after 4SO5. That might be uh, confusing and uh, very hard to understand for some people. So you're going to have to use special um, exclusively play with a new type of common card. So you will exclusively play this game with this new type of common card. But it doesn't mean that you can't play future other games with this common card. So you, you yeah, just, yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? So like, I'm not saying that these cards will never be usable in the future. What I'm saying is that they're the only thing we'll be able to use in the present. Okay. And why would you do that unless they were different? So they're going to be different. No, but uh, but that that would mean that if you play the competition, um, I don't know how it would work. But if you get to play those cards afterwards. You get some pretty good cards, common cards to start with. Yeah, that's fair because you're gonna get like World Cup players that are the best. Yeah, I'd imagine. Unless but you I mean, get stuck uh, with a lot of Qatar players. Uh, but that would mean that everyone gets gets a shot because everyone that plays the competition gets good common. So I mean that 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 would not be a problem to me. But uh, well, sorry to butt in. In terms of appealing to the masses, in terms of a free to play game, the thing is that. People, what people want is a fair. The, 
the thing that's hard for free to play people to get their head around that maybe we're used to because we pay is that I understand that I don't have an Mbappe at rare but I know I'm playing against them but I'm happy enough with that but the problem is at free to play if someone comes in and drafts um, their commons or whatever for the World Cup and they don't get Mbappe and they don't get um, Kevin De Bruyne or whoever I don't know the best players for the fantasy game if you were playing World Cup fantasy elsewhere you'll be like my mate has bloody Mbappe. How am I meant to compete with that? I've got bloody Seferovic. Do you know? You'll be like, nah, this is crap. Do you know? Or you get Lukaku and then he's injured and you're like, huh, great. Yeah, so I guess... So I agree with you, that makes sense. But I guess that is not too much of a problem since you have the academy and the academy is only beat the game, not beat the other players. You have the casual league that is a bit different, but uh, and that would make sense to exclude those cards for the from the casual league based on fairness or whatever. Uh, but I mean, the academy is a free-to-play game, but uh, it's only like beating other people, beating the game, beating thresholds, and not actually beating other people. So I mean, why not? I think I did quite well this week. Um, in academy? Topic. Not in the academy, because I can't enter that. But in basketball, um, commons, I need to sign into so rare here and get the two-factor out. I think I'm doing really well in NBA champion common or something. Oh, and I'm not doing so well anymore. I'm sitting 1,720th out of 61,000, but I was at like top 200 at one stage. Uh, look at Doncic with a big 70-pointer. Um, but anyway, there's a side topic for you that people don't care about. What were we talking about, HG? Get me back on track here. The Global Cup. Was there anything else to say on that, or did we get stuck into the rest of those comms? Uh, no, I mean, like, what's important is about the calendars. Okay. So, do we want to read people's thoughts before we go through it and then go through it? Or do we want to no, 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 no. So let, let's read what they have to say, <laughs> give or take, and then we read. Okay. Let's not okay. get influenced. Uh, you're right. Write. You're right. Because I actually haven't read anything. Um, I tweeted and then we went, we started talking. We publish Game Week calendars to help you plan and build your strategies. Mm, bit late in the day. Each calendar provides a special weekly rules as well as the number of quality, the number and quality of card rewards, bloody blah, blah, blah. Click the links for the complete breakdown of price, pull tiers, and scarcities. What's new? international special ahead of announcing our brand new global cup game in the coming weeks we are excited to share plans for the core game so now we know the global cup is like the bolt on it's not like the grand package that so rare is going to be this global cup sounds like it could be the whole common thing and maybe for our core game which is paid uh, these are the plans. That's my me speculating. All this is, I haven't a clue. The international special tournament will have four divisions. One for each scarcity. Limited, rare, super rare, unique, with the following entry requirements. Players playing for their senior national team. So they need to be national team players. You can't be sticking in your Serie B or La Liga Smart Bank players in this. No legends are allowed. Captain gets a 50% bonus and XP bonuses are applied. Anything so far that jumps out at GHG? Nothing to say yet. Okay. Global All-Star and more. Let's get spicy. In addition to the international special, we're also going to open the classic competitions that we all love, but with some small changes. Just small changes. Global All-Star. Limited rare, rare pro, super rare, unique. Great. 
second division Europe. Oh, brilliant. We've all been planning for this. Limited rare, rare pro, super rare, unique. Under 23 special with an asterisk. Limited rare, rare pro, super rare and unique. Okay, that's interesting. I can't wait to see what the special thing's about, HG. It sounds exciting. Underdog, limited, rare, super rare, and unique. Oh, here's the asterisk. Okay, so the under-23 special is a modification of the usual under-23 just for this international period. There's some new and temporary rules. So only players eligible for the under-23 competition. Oh, that sounds fair. Four players from the main scarcity for that scarcity division? Oh, that's strange. The fifth player can be from any other scarcity and will score zero. And the captain gets 50%. We've got an underdog under 23, baby. Without the cap. <laughs> yep. So, do you want to talk or will I? I've talked a lot. No, no, so... On this, like, obviously, people that have bought Diogo Costa uh, planning for the World Cup would be mad at that, and and, and I get them. Um, Diogo Costa is not <laughs> a cheap card, and in, and they made it basically worthless for the whole competition because obviously you won't play a goalkeeper um, uh, as a, a rare card if you're playing U23 rare, for example. But I guess that's a fair rule. I mean. Uh, having only one goalkeeper in U23 would be uh, so not balanced for the whole competition. And even in, uh, well, I guess I guess that makes sense to do that. I guess the only problem is why did it take so long to actually release that rule? I mean, it, it, the, the whole problem here is you've said, you, you, not, you give, a, give people a notice like two months to three months before. I mean, no one should actually already complain, but like less than one month before the competition, it's a it's a bit late to actually do that, yeah. and and I guess that's 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 what that's what can frustrate a lot of people, and and I would get that frustration. I would just echo exactly what you said. It's all about the timing because I think even like myself, who considers himself a sort of medium sized manager. Um, who loves under 23s, competes in under 23s, rare, rare, pro, limited, even sometimes super rare every single week. I wasn't going to be able to play under 23, my favourite division for the World Cup, because I didn't have Diogo Costa, and I thought, okay, well, I just can't compete because you're a player down automatically. Donnarumma wasn't going, I was a bit gutted. And I actually, a couple of months ago, was really debating swapping Donnarumma for Diogo Costa. I was thinking, like, World Cup utility, blah, 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 mm. blah, blah. You know, PSG were conceding a bit, were they? And Donnarumma was in and out with Kaylor Navas, whatever else. And I was like, hmm. I was thinking, I could get prepared for the World Cup here. They were the same price at one stage. I think Diogo Costa might have been worth more at one stage. Now Donnarumma, well, at least he was until, like, when I last checked a couple of weeks ago, he was like six eighth versus four or something. What I don't know what it is now, I haven't looked. My point is, I nearly could have got stung by that switching like a player that I wanted more um, because of the World Cup. So a lot of people have went out, endeavoured to get Diogo Costa specifically, across all different scarcities, thinking I am well prepped for under 23, I'm going to hit this hard, they get their Diogo Costa, they'll get all their lineup, their Vinnie Juniors, their whoever else's, let's go baby. And it's the timing, it's 100% the timing, because I think in terms of the gameplay and the division and how fun it is and how fair it is and how lovely it is, it's way more accessible to way more people to have way more fun the way it is. Like, I like the decision. I just despise the timing. Yeah. 
because like the, the, the World Cup draw like happened like six months ago probably. So at that time you would already know that like the, the main starters for for the, the, the World Cup teams well <laughs> there, there there's only one that is under twenty three, so you could release a rule that say uh, if we do competitions during the World Cup for U23, we would need that to have like five uh, five U23 starters to actually like open the competition for goalkeepers. Uh, otherwise, we would do an underdog for, uh, format. You could do that. It, 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 it that would be acceptable to do that, and so people would plan accordingly and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, and you will continue reading the Medium post and. We will continue saying that the timing is bad because mm. what they've did with uh, uh, calendars is also a good decision, but uh, overall a bad timing. What about the Global Cup 2022? We got into that already. Um, could it be argued, HG? Let's just talk about this for half a second. Timing on that. like, Is it, in your opinion, too late to be announcing World Cup plans? Do you think they should be out there? Or do you think you strike when the iron's hot? normal football is winding up and people start to care about the World Cup. Is that when you market this new game or should they have it out there so everyone knows what to expect? So so for the new game, I guess, like, it doesn't make any sense to have... If it doesn't affect your core game, I, I don't think it makes sense to actually announce it, like, uh, earlier if you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, if it requires planning, of course, you should do it as, like, uh, as soon as you can. Well, you see, if it's a free-to-play game, I guess it's it's here for onboarding a lot of people and a lot of new people. Um, so, I guess that makes sense to wait a bit until the competition. I've come up with something completely out of nowhere, HG, and you're going to think, why am I even on this guy's podcast? He's off his game. You might notice behind me there's two little pumpkins. I'm trying to be all, like, Halloween-y. All right? Yeah. This is the only time of the year they make sense here. You're wearing a, a little orange jumper that looks kind of like pumpkin-y. Um, this podcast is going out for Halloween, so I'm starting to think like, I wonder will anyone dress up as like a so rare related costume? <laughs> oh, you you would you would go out. To, uh, so we don't celebrate that much Halloween in France anymore. I'm going to be in Hamburg for Halloween. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm going to some Pauli game this weekend. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, tell me about that. Yeah, I can't wait to go. But like. <laughs> Would you go to an Halloween party with, uh, as like a Soraka? <laughs> Senior. <laughs> Dressed in you. I could just picture Hoodwink walking in in his like Daegu yeah. kit. <laughs> you know? No, but like you, you, you would, you would make like, a, a card and you would be at the center <laughs> of the car. That would make that would make sense. But, I love uh, it. Or like do a misprint, you know, like do one of the misprints, like the tiny head. Yeah, you don't see the body. You don't see the body. <laughs> I don't know. If anyone's got a, a so rare related costume out there, hit me up. Um, you might win a prize. <laughs> anyway, let's keep going. New game week schedule. The so rare football game week window schedule will change to follow the match and knockout rounds of the biggest international tournament in the world. To avoid confusion, we will temporarily rename game weeks as match days during this period of football delight. Here is the new match day schedule. So match day 1 through 7... Um, going from November 20th to 24th, then 25th to 28th, 29th to 2nd, bah, 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 bah. There's a few gaps in there where there's actually no game week um, or no match day, per se. So there'll actually be days of no football, which is strange. Uh, not strange, but it's strange considering we're used to always having a game week open. Do you know what I mean? These match yep. days will have gaps in them. 
Match day deadlines will be one hour before the start of the first so rare global cup game match of the match day. Uh, end times are subject to change between now and our full announcement closer to the competition start date. So what will be interesting here is kind of early team news. We could be getting early team news on like the first kickoff of the day of the game week, um, which could dictate lineup building, uh, as we see in FPL regularly enough. So that's interesting. The match day is kicking off an hour before. Um, what do you think of that? You're smiling. I don't know why you're smiling. Oh yeah. No, but the the main the main thing here is they can actually change deadlines if they want to. So I mean that's a good sign, but um, <laughs> oh, you're, what's your name on so rare? It's still the same name. <laughs> what's that? Do you want to remind us? Say move the deadline to five p.m. <laughs> but it's like uh, I, I'm I'm like on MLB and NBA, the deadline is ten minutes before the start of, of the first game. Mm. I mean, let's just move everything to that. Like, All-Star starts 10 minutes before the first All-Star game. Champion Europe starts 10 minutes before the first Champion Europe game. I mean, I get that people, and, and I've had a lot of debate on that, and I get that people with smaller galleries would prefer the ten, the 12 p.m. deadline because it's like... Asia. It gives them more chance to actually compete with bigger lineups that would get, like, GNPs for players that... Uh, um, that like uh, big players that uh, are announced uh, DNP like uh, on Fridays, but I don't think that's fair anyway. I mean that rule is a problem for everyone, and I mean that frustrates a lot of people. And if you want to convince people that come from other fantasy games, and they see that, imagine you're playing an MLS uh, fantasy game on Soria, you have to lock your teams minimum twelve hours before the game starts before the fair game starts and I, I don't think that's fair but anyway um no, i hear you because we've been seeing a lot recently there's obviously the friday press conferences and we're yeah. seeing really really consistently the last few weeks what i've noticed is and again i get it whenever the smaller accounts but but just because you're a smaller account and someone's a bigger account like t- take off the bias take off the us versus them for a minute look at what's fair like is it better that we have to lock our teams early in the day when we're probably waiting five six seven eight hours before the first kickoff Anyway, whenever what I've seen the last few weeks is some of the biggest and most competitive lineups on the platform wiped out by a Bayern Munich COVID case or a Bayern Munich whatever. So yeah, I I would be a fan of like a later deadline to get more information because there's nothing more frustrating for anyone on the platform than a DNA yeah, just after and the also, deadline. I agree, and let's not also uh, uh, let's let's be clear on the fact that we don't want games not to be covered. We want every game to be covered, or at least I want. Because some people say, yeah, if you move the deadline, uh, some Champion Asia games would not be uh, covered. That's not what I'm saying. The thing I'm saying is that you should match the deadline to be like one hour or 10 minutes before the first game of the game week, and that's it. Mm. Um, and you should have a, a game week that is always on, uh, that starts Monday, uh, t- Tuesday, 12 p.m., for example, to Friday, 12 p.m., but that always goes on um so yeah um but the main problem in in that announcement is yet again the timing because what you didn't read yet is the implications of uh yeah. changing the deadlines and changing well, the matchup and then we'll yeah. talk about them so please note that because of this new schedule the following fixtures are at risk of not being covered 
So on the twelfth of on the th- oh, they put this the American way. So on the third of December, um, there's a bunch of Chinese Super League games and Venezia versus Ternana, um, which is a Serie B, and then on the seventh and eighth of December, where they flipped the date back around the other way, um, l- full slate of La Liga Smart Bank and Italian Serie B games are wiped out. On the twelfth, we get another Serie B game and a West Brom Sunderland match. From the 15th to the 17th, we lose some Scottish Premier League games, including Aberdeen and Celtic, so Quinny won't be a happy boy. Uh, Chinese Super League there, um, Birmingham against Reading. And then in game week, that, that's it, isn't it? In terms, of, So basically, the, the point here is that a whole ton of people have bought in. I even did a video preview in the League of Smart Bank maybe a month ago, thinking... Guys, these are going to be played over the World Cup. So you could be hitting your thresholds or doing your this. You could be competing in All-Star using these guys. Um, now, again, that's speculation. I didn't outright say this will be the case. It was speculation, you know. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of people have speculated and have bought because the licensed teams that are on the platform had games. And yeah. they're moving the goalposts of the game weeks. Yeah, but to me that doesn't. Yeah, I mean that doesn't make any sense that they are not covering those games. I mean, like it, it just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Why wouldn't they? I mean, so I guess the I guess the problem would be. I'm thinking about it right now. I guess the problem would be that take your time and you, think. Don't if worry. you want, to, if you want to cover them to cover those games you would have to start probably the um, uh, the deadline earlier than one hour before the first world cup game i mean th- that's that's basically what they're saying right mm. and i guess for the global club uh, for the global cup or whatever it, that is that would make sense to have a deadline that is a correct deadline that is linked to the world cup but for other, I mean, you, you could at least like open the second division, uh, <laughs> the second, uh, yeah. I mean, you could you could do that. I mean, at least you would like let the players that actually bought second division players play in those divisions, maybe not in all star, but I mean that that seems a bit blunt and a bit like rushed. As a decision, I uh, know I don't know if rush is the correct term, but it, it seems kind of weird. It just doesn't like it, seem like they're they're essentially cutting utility, is what they're doing. Whenever everything's always been about trying to give the most utility possible, and on top of that, they do know that people have planned for that, and people have yeah. probably bought a La Liga Smart Bank. People have probably bought a La Liga Smart Bank stack. Instead of another option, thinking, "Oh well, I'll also yeah. be able to grind through December with this," yeah, and and they can't play it at all. I mean, that that would be like a consolation to actually be able to play them in second, uh, your in second champion, second division. Um, but you you actually can't do that, and and that's what both also like they're like. Yeah, get scouting and stuff like that. So people uh, have done their homework like one month before the competition. You 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 would like expect that they wouldn't change the game weeks like one mm. one month before the competition actually starts. 
And that's the whole problem. I mean, like you say that three months before you say you not necessarily you don't have necessarily to say, hey, uh, here's the game week calendar. You can just say, hey guys, uh, regarding the World Cup, probably there will be changes uh, on the game week calendar. Uh, we will make sure to give you a notice uh, when we know what would be the calendar. Mm. But uh, some games that are not in the World Cup might be excluded for the game. Be careful when if you plan for those competitions. It's not like uh, ideal, but it's, uh, that's the bare minimum to say to people that maybe not invest too much on those second division cards because you expect them to play them. Um, to be playable uh, in SO5 during the World Cup. When I look at it, right, and maybe this is just like, it, maybe my, I'm not even saying this is necessarily a take, but like when you look at it, you could say that there, when we look at La Liga 2 uh, Smart Bank fixtures over the course of the World Cup, round, so round 16 is on the kickoff of the World Cup the same day, quarter past five. Round 17 is a week later. Round 18 is a week later. Round 19 is a week later. Round 20 is a week later. And round 21... No, okay, I'm, I'm butchering this. Round 21 is also a week later, right? So there is a lot of utility there. Which round is it is butchered by these? It's the 7th and 8th. So it's round 19. So it's you could look at this as for like La Liga Smart Bank. You're only actually going to lose one game week worth of utility. It's not like they're all just dead and gone. You know, if you plan for it, it's probably still a decent plan. You're still going to get another four or five weeks where there will be utility. But, but like, are there some games like not like? Oh, let me check the the, the old picture list because I don't want to say. I'm only looking at what so rare have highlighted here, and the only like La Liga Smart Bank fixtures they've said are out are the ones on the seventh and eighth, which is round nineteen of La Liga Smart Bank fixtures. Outside that, yeah, yeah, there's no other ones that they are saying are missing. Now, a couple of Serie B teams might get hit hard. For example, Venezia definitely get hit against Ternana. So Venezia and Ternana lose at least two fixtures each. Um, but I mean, outside that, it it's not like they've initially. Like, if if your strategy was I'm going to buy a La Liga Smart Bank Bank stack, it's not like that is now a bad decision. You're probably it's still paying off a bit. I think. But no, you've but, just lost a week. I mean, I'm not saying that makes it right. I'm no, just but, saying. No, but look, look, look at what they do. It's like so. Match day four is December three to December six, and match day five is December nine to December twelve. Okay, oh, and so, so the gone. so the the games like the La Liga Smart Bank and the Italian Serie B games are on December seventh and December eighth. Why don't you open a game week that only includes second division, uh, second divisions, and that's it? Problem solved. Yeah, we do. You know, we call them match days now, HG. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like that, that, that. There's a fix. And look, they again. It does say there that they have the end times are subject to change between now and our full announcement. So maybe they'll chuck something in to appease the crowd. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, but, but they probably should. They probably yeah. should. I mean, that, that that would be fair to open a game week or a match day, whatever you want to call it, um, um, to cover those games. And you only uh, you only open second divisions, mm. uh, champions, uh, second divisions, divisions. How you would say that? Yeah, yeah, second divisions. I don't know. I think that's what they're called. Is it? 
I don't know. Second division divisions. We'll read on a wee bit, um, and then we're going to get see what the, we can go and look at what the reaction is. Game week three two one and three two two duration to better accommodate the global cup and international special. Game week three twenty one will end one day earlier than usual on Thursday, November the tenth at noon, and game week three two two will begin on Thursday, November tenth at noon, um, and end on Tuesday, November fifteenth. Okay. Whatever they're doing, yeah, okay, they're doing that for some reason. I don't know. Um. Yeah, and then they've just got the calendars of all the different things. Is have we got a kick off unique yet? Come on, baby. Nope. No. Only kick off limited. Bastards. Actually, like, I mean, come on, come on, the fuck. Um. Okay. Will we go and read what people said? Yeah. Let's have some fun. So I look at my tweet initially, or let's see if there's any big liked ones underneath their tweet. McBride says, like the move to adapt, like the changes, with so little under-23 goalies. However, if there are games like 2nd Division and SPFL which aren't covered, that's nothing short of horrendous. On the right track, but you need to make sure games are covered. Santai said, agree on matching game weeks to World Cup, except that one of six match days in La Liga 2 and some CSL is a fair sacrifice. However, you should have communicated this a month ago. You've just semi-rugged anyone who planned ahead and stumped up for Diogo Costa for the World Cup. Fair. Um, no, but there, there, there's a, actually a fair solution to fix that. I mean, I, I don't know why they just like... They, you could just open a game week like from December 6th to December 9th, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Yeah. It won't fix the Diogo Costa though, will it? No, 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 no. But the Diogo Costa is like, so how many players are mad at this, at this decision, right? It's like... Um, rare. Let, let's go yeah, and find out no. on, on so rare data. Yeah, you can do that. And if anyone wants to sign up, use the link below. So <laughs> 543 limited users, 227 rare and 25 super rare and 4 unique. He's probably one of the most minted cards on the platform. Uh, no, probably no. Well, he's, I mean, he's limited. A lot of cards. Is, yeah, but limited is not that much. I mean, Kimish yeah. probably. But... Oh, Kimish anyway. is five forty-nine. Yeah, but no. So there, there are like very. There is a very uh, eight hundred. Very simple fix for uh, for the La Liga Smart Bank and the Serie B games for Diogo Costa. If you want to have a fair competition in U twenty-three, it's 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 yeah. If Diogo Costa was an affordable uh, card. Probably you could have, like, um, do it uh, with the same conditions, but like, no, it's not possible to do it uh, to 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 let that competition go with only one goalkeeper being available. Let me just go and see: is the market crumbling? Diogo Costa saving penalties for fun, by the way. Um, yeah, he sold yesterday for point five six six on auction. And his floor is now 0.4843. There's two cards yeah, at that yeah. price. A few others at 0.49. So there's now probably 10 cards below his, his old flo- his last seal. Yeah. Because people want out. People say, I had this guy for the World Cup. Anyway, let's see any other... Um, any other... Let me see any other comments. There's no other mad liked ones here. Football eye testing. This is a disgrace to your users. People spending money on cards only for them not to be usable and lose value. 
Blackie88, I find it shameful that you change the rules of the game with less than one month's notice. There are many people who plan their buying strategy well in advance for these dates, and now you change the rules of the game. Shameful. Destroying the game. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't say that. No, I wouldn't say that in, in that particular wording. I'm a bit tired about Twitter yeah. and because people just like... It's, it's it's doomsday all, shit. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not great, yeah, yeah. but it's by no means like the game's in shambles and it's going to burn to no. the ground. Do you know? Well, it's you, just... you, you don't need to say stuff like that. I mean, you, you can say that you're, you, you dislike the decision, but <laughs> it's like using more and more negative words still doesn't make it like more um, impactful. I guess like... Uh, no, I guess like the timing is is, is quite bad, frankly. But um, the decision of all is pretty cool. It's pretty, yeah, cool to me. But I mean, I've yeah, got a couple yeah. more. Yeah, unless tell you want to say it. something, go for no, it. No, no, tell me about it. So YNWA, under my comment, just saying thoughts, said curious to see what positive spin content creators put on this. We haven't been too positive, have we? Uh, no, so we have we actually said that uh, that the decision is correct, but the timing is not. So uh, I, think, I would but say I think that, that's fair. But but how, but how how would you evaluate then the ruling overall? The is rating good, overall, bad? good or bad? Yeah, I think overall it's bad. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, like overall, it's another shit show of communications and timing. Like I regardless say shit of show, but uh, okay, yeah. but it's it's a negative. It's like the spin is going yeah. to be negative. The sentiment is going to be negative. It hasn't been a positive outcome for what should be one of the most exciting times in Soul Rare's history. Its first true World Cup with an actual active user base, and already mm. we're off to a negative start. It's a shit show. It's not good. <laughs> this should have been a month, two, three, four, five ago. It's yeah, so, it's yeah, not good. They had to, they had to, it's, it's not like the information wasn't available uh, yeah. like two months ago. It's like it, the problem is, and it's a recurring problem with releasing game week calendars only three game weeks before they actually start. I mean, or three or four. I mean, come on, you can do better about that. Like uh, th game week three nineteen is only a week uh, from now, less than a week from now, and they only released like the price pool for it, and. You can do probably much better in announcing game weeks like a month or even two months in advance. You can say price pool would change. I mean, people get that the price pool changed and they expect it to change. Uh, but like, come on, just release uh, a game week a game week calendar for the next ten game weeks and and you just won't have any of those problems. It's um, even tough for us. Uh, just. just for us to actually like for the lineup builder we have to offer all lineups uh, all divisions that uh, might be open at that point but people can't actually know what uh are, and, uh, yeah they can't like forecast which division will actually be open so it's very difficult to scout for a month ahead for example mm. i'll read a few others that people commented then we'll move on to a couple of questions for you history Shashi says, I'm going to put it out there and probably get a lot of stick for it, but it's literally one game week in La Liga 2 that's at risk. All the other game weeks will be covered during the World Cup. At least there's only one week that's mentioned in the post. People relax. Um, and Kaida replied, it's the precedent set. It's not the point. It's just one week. Um, 
Callum joined in early August and made the most sense for him to start out with a heavy Smart Bank two and Division two. Smart Bank and Division two focuses people didn't have a head start. Feels like oh cool so because it was just announced then he bounced in on that. And it feels like a bit of a kick in the teeth with over a third of my gallery being from Smart Bank, especially since it's fully licensed. It's fifty one cards there. Professor Tackers reckons it could be an excellent onboarding tool. This new type of common card. Um, so rare monkey. Great news on the World Cup game. Shite timing in the other news. Should have been announced 68 weeks ago. Sam, absolutely no problem with this. This is downtime cards. If it was communicated about a month ago, I have no problem with it. It leaves Division 2 and Costa owners a bit fucked. But other than that, I like the schedule change from the World Cup and new common comp. Sounds fun. Um, one or two more and we'll move on. Understudy, think it's great news for the platform users, but the timing sucks for somebody who bought based off assumptions. I can totally understand their frustration as a lot of this is unprecedented. Um, personally, I can now play under 23 when I couldn't, so for me it's great news. I'm in the same boat, to be honest. Yeah. It's hard not to have that kind of personal bias and my like own rose tinted glass because I'm like, result, this is great for me, but it's not good for the platform, I don't think. It, it's good, yeah. but it's bad with the timing. You know what I mean? No, but because you know, the main problem that everyone should be concerned about is they are doing that for that competition. So next time, what will they do for the next competition that you will be scouting for? Mm. I mean, if this kind of stuff can happen for the World Cup, which is the biggest competition in football uh, every four years, what would they do for like <laughs> some other competition or for some other divisions? It's like if they're it, it, well. That that's the only thing I would say. It's like it affects buyer confidence. If it if you're yeah, scouting ahead exactly. now and yeah, you're yeah. going, well, I don't know what's going to happen. You're not going to yeah. buy, which means money stays in your wallet and doesn't go into so rare. If it affects confidence, people aren't going to spend as much. It's as simple as that. And, and yeah, that's why you should. They should release more um, a longer game week calendar so people can actually scout and have confidence in their buying and, and and not saying like, well, I will not buy this because I don't know if I'll be able to play them. Right. We have a few questions for you and then we'll wrap up. Um, we're also going to close the 137 game forever. Thank God. I'm sure some of you are saying that's probably the point <laughs> where retention dips at the end of a podcast. But we're closing it forever and you'll see the massive amount of money I have to give to charity and I'll tell you what charity I'm going to give it to. Um, so... First question, MPEN10. So rare is an open source, and those with superior technical capabilities, and those with su more superior technical capabilities than the average Joe have access to a wealth of data via the open API. How could one average Joe learn what he needs in order to access said data? Not negativity, not negatively loaded, genuinely interested to learn. Yeah, so that, that, that's. How do I scrape an API? No, but 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 so you you can't. So the first the first thing that uh, everyone should have in mind that it's illegal to scrape stats uh, that doesn't belong to you, that don't belong to you. Well, that's so actually like just... illegal, like jail time or fine. Yeah, I don't know, but Opta can. Uh, let's say if if it's for personal use, you could do whatever you want with it. I mean, they are not going to go <laughs> to your house and say what what are you doing with the stats. But it's basically illegal to use stats that uh, you didn't pay for. So uh, first, like if you do something with stats, just do it for yourself and and don't uh, sell it or distribute them. Uh, we have the right to actually use those data because we pay for uh, for for those stats. Uh, but anyway, so um, it's it's n it's not that simple. <laughs> that, that that would be the first thing I would say. It's not that simple. Uh, but if you want really to get into it. Um, 
just try to learn the basics of uh, programming and uh, developing, try to learn JavaScript, and then um, go to uh, the SOAR documentation and try to see if you can do some requests to um, their API. But it's not that simple. I mean, um, and uh, for example, myself, if you look at my results, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good, but I'm not uh, the best on the platform uh, by a mile. And um, I guess like people that just spend a lot of time um, scouting for player news and stuff like that, get way more chances and get, get way more good results than people just uh, scrapping stats, etc. I mean, you get to have like a, a fair balance of, uh, of, of both uh, uh, scouting. It's like scouting for news, scouting for um, uh, like talented players. Lover. Yeah, and <laughs> I wouldn't say about that. But, um, uh, no, and also, yeah, of course, using uh, SOAR data for scouting for stats, etc. Because the problem with SOAR is that a player that looks good on the field is not necessarily good uh, uh, on SOAR. So you have to use SOAR data to actually like, be able to get that information and scout for players that actually score points. Uh, but other than that, what I can say is that we'll make more accessible for our users to actually get the data that they see on their screen in more readable ways. Uh, when I say readable, it's also like CSV uh, uh, type files. Uh, we'll do that in the future, obviously. Uh, so people that love uh, doing uh, Excel sheets and stuff like that and uh, analyze stuff on their own can actually do that. But it's, it's obviously going to be on a, on a paid plan. Um, but that way, we hope we can um, satisfy players that uh, want to work on their own uh, with the stats that we provide. And on that, there's calls for API access. Is it the same thing? No, so, so yeah, so uh, Erwan, which is managing our support uh, email, is also receiving a lot of um, requests around that. The problem with uh, managing a public API is that we'd have to have like a full dedicated resource to that. And I'm not sure it's profitable for us yet to actually do that. So it's just a matter of like, at some point in time, we'll see how many people are interested in actually getting an API access. And then um, we'll try to dedicate a full resource because like if, if people, and, and the access to an API will probably be way more expensive than uh, our plans today. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have to deliver quality and I don't want to deliver uh, something that uh, people pay a lot for, which is not guaranteed by someone that is actually doing that full time. Um, Santai wanted to know when the line, when lineup builder for basketball and baseball, I really fucking need the help. Funny he should say that. That's a nice transition, right? Yeah. yeah so uh, lineup builder for basketball is already available as we speak. Uh, and so for baseball, we'll wait for the start of the uh, next regular season to actually release a, uh, a lineup builder. Uh, da, da, da. And if I just I can go off, uh, and I can elaborate on the lineup builder for uh, NBA. So we've partnered with AutoWire and we're very happy to partner with those guys uh, who, are who are providing us with projections for uh, basketball uh, performances. Um, so on the lineup builder, you will be able to see uh, the projected score uh, for your players as long, uh, as a, uh, alongside the projected minutes for your players so that you can actually find who has the best um, 
uh, let's say, differential between the cost of the player and uh, his, actual, his actual projected score. You've played um, a blinder. You've stole Andy Laird and now you're stealing their projections. You're having a ball. No, I'm paying for them. So, uh, <laughs> so, so I'm not stealing them. No, no, but we, we are very happy to, to partner with, uh, with, with, with AutoWire and we'll be providing also users with um, uh, player injuries and player news um, uh, very soon. What do you think? This is from Calculated So Rare. Shout out, go and give him a follow. Uh, does a lot of good work with me. What stat set do you feel is the biggest potential to help so rare users on football, NBA, and MLB? So, like, what is like? Let Let's go with football. What's the? Do you think is the most helpful stat? If you look at like so rare data, for example, because you know like the lineup difficulty, um, points yeah. that players typically will score against the opposition in that position. Like, what do you think is yeah. the most important stat that people should care about? So I guess, so uh, let me tell you about my way of picking players and that would say what I think is the best uh, metric. So for goalkeepers, for example, um, I'm picking like the best uh, a, a clean sheet percentage according to bookmakers. So I think that's pretty fair to actually like give a lot of importance to that prediction. Um, and if I'm trying to, uh, like, uh, if, for example, two goalkeepers have the same percentage, I'll pick the one with the higher opponent score. So opponent score is like uh, the average of allo uh, allowed points for the opening te uh, opponent team for goalkeepers. Um, because that would mean that they have probably more chances to do some uh, all-around scoring. And so that's why I would uh, choose an higher opponent score. For defender, it's pretty much the same thing. I think, like, T uh, 10 points for a clean sheet is uh, very important. Um, and for midfielders and forwards, it's basically a combination of the matchup score. So the matchup score is basically like uh, looking at the league performances and the team performances and the player performances. Is the matchup good or bad based on SO5 scoring? And so a combination of also like for forwards, we also show uh, the percentage of like uh, the, the chance of like the his team scoring like more than three goals, three goals or more, and so if you're trying to to get like someone that has a lot of chance, uh, a lot of chances at scoring a goal, you could just pick the the guy that has the the best percentage uh, with the team um, with the best percentages uh, at scoring three goals or more. Um, so yeah, and for NBA, I guess for NBA, uh, projected score will be. Uh, would be very interesting, but also you have to look at um, uh, cost efficiency. You have to look at um, is the player going to be worth my money? And when I say money, it's uh, my cap points. Because if you play like someone that has a fifty cap, uh, fifty for his L ten, for example, but he's scheduled to to or projected to uh, score, I don't know. 49 it's not very efficient you would better go for uh, someone that uh, has like a 35 l10 but is projected to score uh, 40 or 45 because you're getting More five to ten points book. yeah yeah and so you have to have like obviously exploit every single point of your cap and so trying to get like a 110 um, uh, points team uh, but obviously, yeah, um, cost efficiency is uh, way more important, uh, in my opinion, than just like L10 or projected performances. Having a look there, uh, limited champion coming in game week four, I believe. Did we get an <clears> announcement <throat> on this? 
Um, I might be able to find out we can close with that then, just on NBA, because I think that's relevant. Um, yeah, okay, so I, I can't see it here. I've seen something Twitter today, isn't it? Limited champions coming in game week four is the one that stuck out to me, and I think rare champion might be game week six, and maybe super rare. Did you see that? No, I did not. Okay, well, there's a, there's announcements about that. People can go and look at it unless HG finds it now. Um, other than that, HG, I'm wrapping up the 137 game. Um, obviously, this podcast isn't made with 137 at the minute, so um, what's the point in doing a 137 game and why am I giving money away every week? <laughs> so, um, the last week, Desper picked Jokic, Sushan and Westbrook, who combined for a total of 110 points. That is 27 off the total, which is 23 quid then going to charity, which leaves my total at 390 quid. Now, anyone who watches this, and it's funny because whenever I grew up, I didn't care much for dogs. And I actually used to laugh at the thought of people leaving like things for dogs in their will. I love dogs more than anything in the world. That's where I've come in the last couple of years. And lots of dogs are getting given away because every dickhead in the world bought one over COVID. And now they can't look after it. And they're overbred. And you're all fucking them. So stop being dickheads. So I'm going to give my money to a dog charity. One of the local ones in Cork. Um, I'll post it when I do it. Not for virtue signaling. I'll maybe post it a bit more subtly. Because that's not what I'm trying to do here. Um, but I kind of need to tell, let you know that I've done it. So I don't know how to do that. I'll work that out. Maybe I'll let someone know. And if you really want to question it, you can. Anyway, that's what's happening. So a nice culmination of a game. I think the best ever result was actually Andy Laird. He hit it on the money. And he won on a table card, which he turned down. Um, so yes, that's that. Happy Halloween. I've got another little announcement, HG. A very, very yep. exciting one. And I've purposely left it right to the bitter end. Because my logic is that only diehards are still watching or listening like only people who listen every week to every second are here um and also my current employers won't be listening <laughs> not that it matters because two days ago hg two days ago three days ago now i handed in my notice i'm quitting my job it's done congrats man 24th of december christmas eve i will walk out that door from air traffic control after seven or eight years the golden handcuffs, the six-figure salary, guaranteed till I'm 65. Call me crazy. But, um, yeah, time to be a YouTuber. So, to, to so everyone understands, and uh, myself included. So, if you want to go back to your previous job, you actually can't. Is that is that correct? Nope. <laughs> that's, that's, I, that's might, I might be able to. It's not like typical um, jobs where it's like, accountancy or i don't know where you'll just get another job there is an outside chance that if i decide quickly um to go back that my ratings or my qualifications will still be current because they lapse my medicals my my ratings they're called um they might still be current i could apply to work in another country the issue becomes that the irish aviation authority that i work for are typically renowned for not taking people back when they leave and the reason for that is that everyone was going out to dubai uh, because you earn something like 15 grand a month with no tax they were all yeah. going to Dubai for a year or two and then coming back. And what that meant was the company were having to train them twice, three times. So they said, nah, if you go, you aren't coming back to kind of trap people. Um, so it's unlikely. Uh, I have kind of treated it like that portion of my life is done. I'll never be an air traffic controller again. But obviously, if shit hits the fan, I would try my best to claw it back. But um, unlikely. Don't go congratulate me on social media or anything. That's just for the diehards to have an idea. I'll make a proper wee post about that in a couple of months. I don't want to 
being around, so please don't congratulate me about that publicly. Um, but there we go, HC, big day. No, but that's 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 brave. That that's what I would say. But uh, <laughs> I'm happy that my company is um, contributing to. You are, you are absolutely, that. you are. I think there's enough going on. YouTube channel, people here watching here will have noticed it's grown massively now, over thirty-five thousand <clears> subscribers. It's grown each and every day. Big plans for the World Cup, hundred k inbound. Um, which didn't seem attainable before. So let's see where we go. Uh, but HG, it's been a pleasure. There we go. I think that's everything. Uh, guys, do like this. Subscribe to the YouTube channel or wherever you're listening. And on top of that, if you want to check out So Rare Data and everything this beautiful man's built, click the link below. You'll get a two-week free trial at the top tier. Um, or you can upgrade your membership if you wish. Um, and do you know what we're going to do, HG? We're going to give away a free month at the top tier to one person who's listening here. And if you're still here, they're a true diehard. Do you want to ask them a question they have to ask, answer below? And we'll just pick a winner at random. Um, wow, well, that's... Uh, anything. Anything. Uh-huh. Okay, what's their, so what's my... What's their favorite feature on So Rare Data? No, what's my favorite food? <gasps> what's HG's favorite food? Should you I said anything. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't okay, even know. And, and you'll pick a winner. Yeah, I'll pick a winner. Okay, comment below HG's favorite food. See you later, guys. Bye-bye.